This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Hope you all had a beautiful, wonderful Christmas with your family. Um, getting into a little deer content in the middle of the week. I know it's kind of the end of the year and the, the late season weather hasn't been what we all dreamed it would be. Um, but it is what it is. I I, uh, I did a little uh, trip to Missouri um, this last weekend. Got some mobile cams hung up for next year. Um, got some red cams hung up and did a little scouting, um, planning for, for food plot work next year. Um, just a good time to get down there and hang out with the grandparents anyways and, and go um, visit them for Christmas. Um, but, man, I've been kind of keeping it easy up here because the weather just ain't there for the bucks to be moving. And uh, I don't want to pressure anything off. Um, that is there. I still am on some some nice deer and not done for the year, but man, it's uh, with this weather, it's been a struggle. Um, but getting to the people that make this possible before we get in the episode with Kevin, um, I am starting the Bucks of 2023 uh, episode. This will be volume one. Um, I will be getting some other types of episodes through this month and then the next one, but then it will be this kind of content um, for a few months. Um, just that, that story-based um, entertainment-wise um, maybe get an idea how they kill your buck next year. Um, I'm going to be trying to do um, a few four bucks from the south, four bucks from the east, four bucks from the Midwest, um, kind of spreading the love. Um, so if you, I've got a few people that messaged in, but if you have a buck story uh, that like you wanted, always want to be on a podcast and you want to share that story, this is your chance. Uh, message me on Instagram, Facebook, personal Facebook, um, whatever you can get a hold of. Email me um, uh, and. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll get together, link up, and, and schedule an episode um, like I did with Kevin here. Um, but to get into people that make this possible, first starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, you guys know what it is. Um, make sure and use that code if you do purchase anything. Um, but if you're looking, you know, a lot of people have been messaging me that tax time um, coming around the corner. Everybody's got a little extra money. Uh, maybe they got some Christmas money they want to spend. Um, that code is still live to save you guys some money, code WL. Um, and uh, make sure, don't forget about those arrows. Um, that's something that I always buy like a month and a half, two months before season. I look, I'm like, man, I'm down to six arrows. I better get, you know, a couple more. 
but this is a great time to buy those stock up for next year. Um, and I'm sure they'll be running some sales here at the first of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, those, uh, solar panels and those, uh, extended battery. Um, I just put one of the, uh, extended boost antennas in Missouri. Um, cause I wasn't real sure about the, the signal down there. I threw one of those, uh, boost antennas on there and it, it linked right up. So that is an option if you're in a place where you got, you got poor service. Um, getting into rec broadheads, um, sounds like they have something new coming out. So be on the lookout for that. Probably will, will release that at ATA. I'm certain they will. Um, but my code is still live there. WLP 15, save you 15%. If you're looking to get, um, some broadheads with that extra Christmas money you got or stock up for next year. Um, next is dark night outdoors. Um, guys, man, thermal coyote hunting, um, or thermal hunting just in general is something that I'm falling in love with. Um, and if it, you're looking to get into the game and want to save a little bit of money, um, reach out. I am going to do an episode with them guys just to, to kind of pique your interest, just to watch some of the films. Um, and I don't know, I know it's an expensive game to get into, um, but if you could find someone with a thermal or go on, you know, a lot of people offer, um, like outfitted nightly hunts that are pretty reasonable for guys that have thermals. It is so cool. Um, it's such a different style of hunting. The coyotes act so different. Um, and it might get you hooked. So you might not want to do it. You might want to purchase a thermal after that. Cause I'm on the fence now, but they, they are expensive toys. Um, but man, are they nice? It's such a cool, unique experience. Um, and lastly, the shout out or the challenge of the week, um, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been doing something nice for someone else. We, you know, we've been doing stuff nice for our, our parents, our wives, whatever the challenge has been, our kids. Um, now it's Christmas time. I'm sure you bought, you got presents for other people. You've been thinking about that. You've been going to trips to see family this week. I want to, I want you to do something for you. That is the challenge. I don't know. Maybe you really like, um, maybe you really like, used to like golfing. Maybe you can go to a golf simulator. I know it's cold outside. Or maybe you really like going out in the garage and working on the car, but you haven't done it in a while. Well, maybe you can go out in the garage and tinker around with that and put the music on and hang out. Or maybe you really, really like reading. You could schedule some time to read or go to the gym or go buy yourself something. Um, it's the beginning of the year. You need to start thinking about those New Year goals. Um, but this week, um, do something nice for yourself. You know, take whether it's time, money, whatever it is. A thing that you've been wanting, you've been on the fence about buying. Um, if you're like me, you normally put everybody first and kind of buy your stuff last. Um, but I'm giving you guys, and if your wife asks, be like, dude, Cody from Whitetail Legacy told me that I could do buy something nice for myself. I will take the heat um, from the wife messages. Just go ahead and, and get that purchase and uh, give yourself a reward for making it through another year and uh, all the great things you're going to do for next year. So do something nice for yourself, whether that's time or um, something, you know, buying yourself something. Um, and if you guys, like always, if you guys ever need anything physical, you know, physical fitness wise, mental wise, supplement wise, reach out. I'm, I have talked to so many people. I got multiple accountability pages going. I got a book reading page going. I got multiple people I'm working with their, you know, their protein intake, their, their pre-workout, their vitamins, um, you know, all that stuff to try to let them be the best humans, their workouts. A lot of people are messaging me about that. Um, that was my goal to, to help people. And I cannot wait for 2024 this year of how many people, um, that I'm hopefully going to impact. That's going to impact other people. Cause that's the, the end goal is to better yourself, to be able to better other people. Um, and, uh, the impact I've already made in the past month, um, just seeing the guys, it's, it's really cool to see, um, people, 
grow just over a month's time and really get into it and, and really become kind of a different person. Um, so if you have any questions about that and you need any help at all, I don't care what it is, I am here for you. You reach out to me any way that you can find possible. Um, Facebook message, Instagram, email, phone number, whatever you need, let me know. I will I will link up with you. I'm getting messages right now from people. So I'll link up with you, and we'll get something worked out. We'll chat about your goals. This is the goal-setting time of the year, um, and we'll make 2024 better. Um, it's always nice to have a guy in your hip pocket to reach out to. I have mine. I have a couple um, that I reach out to when I have questions, and I just got workout advice last week. Um, so stuff I didn't know, I didn't do, and tried it, and I was like, oh, I like that. you know. So no matter how many years you've been doing it, you can always find something new. Um, and, and hopefully I can point you in the right direction or point you to the guy that knows in the right direction of uh, something that you might be able to, to get your hands in. So, all right, let's get in the episode with Kevin. Here we go. All right, we got Kevin on tonight from Born Again. How's it going, brother? Doing good, Cody. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the day after Christmas here. I'm sure you were busy with lots of stuff that you could have done, but you choose to spend your time with me, and I, uh, I really appreciate that. But, uh, Excited to chat about your absolutely incredible season that you had. Um, it was funny. I was like, this is like one of the only guys that I've actually shared a bed with that I'm going to podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out at ATA. Yeah, the first yeah, night we... I was like, uh, I'll, I'll feel him out. And the second night, <laughs> I got right in that puppy. <laughs> you, you jumped in bed with me, but yeah. you had a blockade of pillows yeah, around us yeah, to uh, separate yeah, us still. I yeah, had a blockade of pillows. <laughs> just in case, you know, I roll over the middle of the night and I just didn't go for the, <laughs> the, the cuddle that I go for at home just out of instinct. You know, I just want to yeah. protect you from the day. <laughs> I appreciate you looking out for me then. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking that today. I'm like, that's, that's pretty funny. But yeah, yeah. Um, we actually got to meet at ATA and, uh, and hang out for a couple days there and grew, grew a pretty good friendship and then chatting over the time. And now you're in the, uh, uh, the book accountability group, um, now. Yep. So that'd be cool. I, I started those accountability groups and Trey's in one. And then he was like, what do you think about, I've been wanting to do this. I'm like, I read a lot. I don't know if that's everybody's thing. Um, but whoever wants to join it's more than welcome that we got quite a few people in there now so that should be yeah pretty i'm fun. excited for yeah. it honestly so i think I, it'll be yeah. good for us yeah like i mentioned i had that situation today or on this weekend you know and it's just like you get put in those situations and a little guidance that you might have learned you know hopefully we can learn something from the book to yeah. just say the right thing during that time which it's tough when you get you're on the spot and they're drilling yeah you, you know oh so, it is because yeah that's the biggest thing like you're put on the spot and it's like, man, if you're not a quick thinker, you, you know, your way around it. It's just kind of like, it's difficult sometimes too. Cause those people are looking for like that answer, you know? Yeah. They're looking for the, the gotcha, you know? And yeah, and sometimes they, they do get you, you know? And you're like, well, um, you got me, you know, I'm like, I don't know. Right. I don't know exactly what to say, but you got me. But, um, besides that, uh, before we get into your absolute incredible season, um, go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll get right in it, man. Yeah, so my name is Kevin Berkey. Um, I'm from Northeast Ohio area. Um, I'm 32 years old, and my wife's name is Sarah. And she is, I'd say, awesome for letting me go on these trips that I go on chasing whitetail. Um, I went out west this year with some buddies, and just, you know, she allows me to do that type of stuff. Um, I am a mechanic at a local garage that we specialize in rebuilding automatic transmissions, and I've been doing that since high school. So I really, it's I really enjoy doing that type of work. I get a lot out of it, I guess. 
Nice. Yeah, I love the Snapchats. Oh, like, <laughs> it's this crazy what we can see sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is for sure broke. I'm like, that's something yeah. I would bring in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the wife's been driving on it for three weeks. Broken. This is. Oh yeah. It, um, yeah. It's it's amazing how many cars are out there that are driving around like that type of condition. You're like, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive from here to the mailbox in this kind of car. And you know, people are driving around to Walmart and everywhere else with it. Mm-hmm. Living on the edge, man. Living on the edge. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I think people like to be there. They're just like, I yeah. gotta, gotta be, gotta have some excitement in my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you had a lot of excitement this uh, bow season, this this year of hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and start it off, man. Let's let's start off with uh, the story of your first buck. Not not only one buck story, but we got two coming down the pipe. So let's let's start it off with your first buck story that I wish I would have been there for. Um, but yeah. as, uh, as things work out in life, plans yeah, change so, over time. <laughs> so, yeah, we were looking forward to you coming out, but I mean, like you said, life happens and stuff like that. So, I mean, totally understandable for sure. So we go to a section of public in Indiana and we've been doing this for the last two years now. And last year was our first year and we got invited from a different like, um, YouTube group to kind of like, you know, share followers and that type of stuff. So we, we jumped on board with that and went out there and um, we just really enjoyed the camp life. We liked the atmosphere. We liked the the area that we were hunting in and we saw that there was a lot of good potential for some really good deer. So actually in March, me and Matt went out there and scouted where we were going to hunt and we found good sign and stuff. And then we, me and Jarrett went later in like early August timeframe and we hung a bunch of cameras and let them soak until we went out there to hunt in, um, I think we went out there like October 21st and we stayed till the 28th. Um, so that's when we went out and hunted. So getting into my hunt, um, this would have been the first morning and we went to a spot that we wanted to go and there was a guy in the parking lot. So we were turning around Well, he approached us and was, he wasn't very happy that there was somebody else there. Like there's like, very little bow pressure in the area. So I think when they see somebody else roll in, um, you know, they kind of like, Hey, this is my spot type thing. Um, so we left that spot, went to another spot that access was kind of just weird with the parking situation and stuff. So we were like, well, we don't, we don't know for sure. Like this is public, but it's not really like a pull off to park. And from state to state, it's always different. Like, can you park alongside the road? Can you not do that stuff? So we, you know, we didn't want to get in trouble or anything like that. So we just kind of threw a dart at the map. And the one guy's like, well, I kind of wanted to check out this ridge system. So we get in there like, you know, right at legal shooting. And we kind of walk in. Him and uh, another guy that was filming for him walked up this one ridge. And I'm like, well, looking at the map, this one section looks really good with the wind that we have this morning. Um, And it was like our only cold I guess, colder morning. It was like, you know, in the low 40s to mid 40s. So not super cold, but, you know, colder than what it was going to be later in the week. So I start to make my way up through here, um, this drainage system, and like on this bench on this hillside. And that's kind of where I wanted to start looking. And I bumped, I don't know, maybe six or seven does and fawns. So I just decided to set up in that area because I'm like, well, the deer are here naturally for a reason. So I'm just going to 
hang out here in the morning. Once it becomes, you know, nine o'clock or so, I'll, I'll scout the, this hilltop up to the very top of the, uh, ag or the, the woods here. And there's ag on back on private. So I'm guessing like there's deer back in there. So it is getting about the time for me to like climb down out of the tree and do a little bit of scouting before we had our like rendezvous at like, I don't know. I think it was like 1030 or something like that to be back at the truck. Cause there was like little to no cell service there. So I'm packing up, pack up my main camera. And then all of a sudden I just look down to my right in this drainage and I see this really big body deer and I just catch a glimpse of his antlers coming through the, the woods. So of course I flip on my uh, point of view camera and grab my binoculars and see that it's a really good buck. So I grab my bow and he's kind of working his way to me and he keeps looking back. So he's like focused on something behind him, but he's moving through the, the timber pretty quick. And he gets to like 30 yards and he's facing me. So like, I've never taken a frontal shot on a deer. I've never even had the opportunity to take a frontal shot um, with an archery. I don't, it's not very common, I don't think. And it's not like something that you, you can practice, you know? So I'm hoping that he keeps on coming and turns broadside, but the way he, he is in the train is, I, it looks like he's going to come straight at me and then turn straight away from me and go up the hill. So like he's at this 30 yard mark. So I just, I decide I'm like, I'm confident in my shooting ability. I'm confident in my arrow setup um, to make that shot. So I move my sight to 30 yards and I take the shot and um, it's just super loud crack. And he takes off going away from me. And like from, from initial looking at the arrow sticking out, like I didn't get a ton of penetration. And it looked like maybe he ducked a little bit and got like um, a little bit higher in the neck than what I was actually aiming for. Like a couple inches below the white patch, but like maybe like closer in the shoulder area. Um, but he runs off. I have enough cell service to call Matt and the other guys. So we decide like, hey, I'm going to go look at the shot where it was, look for blood. And then I'm going to get out of here because with that shot, like I didn't feel you know, fantastic about it. So we get back to the cabin and, uh, we eat lunch. We give them more than enough time. I think we get back out there at like, you know, just after 1230, 1245, something like that. Um, and I made the shot at like 830 in the morning, 830, 835, something like that. So we get back to the shot, find really good blood. And it's just like, just, you know, like if you took a, a water bottle and just dumped it out, what the blood trail was like. And he ended up going, oh, maybe 130-ish yards from the initial shot. And he's just piled up on this log, just stiffer than a board, like he had been dead for a while. So after we kind of dig him out from the the log and the branches there, like I was examining where I hit him, ended up hitting him in the face, like right below the eye socket. And it went in through his face and went to the back of his neck. Um, so like, obviously that is not the shot that you want to, you know, take her. I was kind of upset about it, honestly, the, the fact of where I hit him. But after we kind of discussed like, you know, Hey, he's 30 yards. He's already on kind of somewhat high alert, semi alert. You know, he hears you shoot, he ducks and turns. It doesn't take much for 
to hit him where I hit him from compared to where I was aiming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ended up finding him pretty quickly. And I mean, it was a, it was a good celebration when we found him, you know, out of state land, public land, you know, we're here for four or five days worth of hunting. Um, and we got one down on the first morning. So, I mean, that was, that was crazy. It just, it's crazy how it just worked out, how he just came through the timber right to where I was. Um, and like, I didn't even initially wanted to be set up there necessarily. I just ended up sitting there just because, um, you know, those other deer were there feeding and I'm like, well, deer want to be here naturally. The acorn crop was really good right there. So that's, I just sat up there. Sometimes that's all it takes, man. Just being in the woods. A couple of things yeah. I wanted to mention, um, that I picked up was, um, like you said, during that time frame, this, it got really hot after this. Like, I mean, yes. it, was, it was tough hunting, even for me back home. That hot spell came through, um, and everything slowed down tremendously. A little bit of movement first thing in the morning, and that was pretty much it. Um, and then just a lot of wasted time sitting in a stand, you know, kind of licking my licking the wounds. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's the same thing you guys got into out there. Um, and then yeah. also, when, when he was looking back, do um, you think he got bumped from another hunter or – Something so I actually, or... yeah, I feel like, um, the other guy that went with me, um, Devin black, and then the camera guy went up this one ridge system and I'm guessing when they were bumping around up in there, they bumped him from a bed because the way he came down through that drainage, he was looking back like the drainage or I guess the ridge top where they would have been, you know, looking for a spot or looking for a sign. So I'm assuming that they bumped him and I was his escape route from where his bed was. Yeah, that makes sense. He, you know, he's lucky that he set up then it didn't go deeper. You know, it's crazy yeah. how small details like that, you know, play out in a in a hunting season. Just really small, minute things that you think are like a nuisance or you're not going to be successful for. Sometimes you are successful. Like two years ago, um, when I hit the limb on that buck, I went into that hunt like nonchalantly. It was 71 degrees. Yeah. And I was like – no way, you know, like nothing. I'm pretty much wasting a sit. And I was like, I'm going to go in here. I want to set up close to the bed. I'm making jokes on the way in on video, you know, like just not in the game. And then, you know, half hour before dark, boom, I'm in the game deep, you know, yeah. I'm a big giant buck. So I thought I was like just sitting there all, all night, pretty much just, you know, hoping for a big one to, run by and that's what happened but sometimes it's those sets that you kill on not the ones that are you know all oh, the cold fronts coming everything's money we're going in you know we know he's in here kind of deal you kill on right. those a lot too but sometimes like i said it's just being in the woods and yeah and luck yeah luck and being at the right place at the right time i, I feel like that was definitely how this one happened like i just decided to set up where those deer were it happened to be, you know, what we are, are assuming his escape route. Um, we never really went up there and looked for that bed just because we didn't want to blow that whole area out for the remainder of the week in case we wanted to hunt it again. Um, you know, we were, once we found that deer and stuff, we were pretty noisy, so we didn't hunt it that day, but we didn't want to intrude more with our ground set. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I wish we would have done towards the end of the week is went up there and looked for beds just to see if, like, if it did really make sense that he was bedded up on that ridge top, and you know that was kind of more or less his escape route type thing. Yeah, 
And then uh, just to touch on the shot, what a lot of people don't know and they figure out when they get into the mobile game and they're hunting in a new spot, you know, you get, you look at a ridge system and you're like, okay, the deer are going to do this. And you climb that tree, you're like, man, the shooting's not good. And then you see a couple deer do something that are completely wrong. You know, the shot's going to be further than you think, or they're going to be facing you, or they're an angle and wrong. Um, it's not perfect. And right. mobile hunting makes it even harder to be perfect. Um, so I feel like if you, if you're mobile hunt, you need to, you, you know, take ethical shots when you can, but you probably didn't have perfect cover in that tree because you don't, you're, you're into a new state, not just a new like timber, like a new area of like ridge systems. And mm-hmm. you don't know how the deer, you know, how your thermals are working. You know how the deer work it. Um, you know, you don't know how much pressure that deer is seen to know what you can get away with. When you're hunting deer, you kind of know, you kind of can know, you kind of get have an idea of, okay, I can sit here. I've sat here before. I haven't been busted. Um, right. So it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't perfect. It's just, it's not, it's, there's so many variables to, to being in that situation that doesn't make it, it makes it that much harder to get a perfect broadside shot at 20 yards, you know? Right. When people start mobile hunting, they don't, they don't think about that. Cause I don't know how many times I've gotten a tree, especially in the morning and been like, wow, shooting's not what it looked like on the ground, you know? And then you're trying to figure out, what holes you can shoot instead of what your shooting lanes are. <laughs> right. And it's not like you can trim branches or anything on public ground either. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard when you get to a spot and the area looks good and you find a tree that you can get up in that looks like you have enough cover and yet you can still shoot out of fairly decent. And you get up there, even if you get up, you know, 10, 12 feet, it looks totally different than what it does from the ground. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent what you're saying. It's, it's different than your home farm that you've hunted for, you know, even a couple seasons um, where you know the deer are going to work, how they're going to work it, where you can sit. Maybe you have shooting lanes trimmed out or, you know, areas that you've, you know, manicured to to help you aid in making a better shot or anything like that. Yeah, and then 90% of the time, you're not going to be able to reach the limbs that you want to cut anyways if you just have a handsaw in your pocket, you know. So yeah, if you are somewhere that allows you to, to cut, even if you're mobile hunting on your regular property, you know, just for a listener that might – be thinking about getting into it because i don't know what it is if it's like tax times coming or it's the end of the season everybody's thinking about what they want to get for next year but i've been getting a lot of stand questions again and it seems like this time of the year is um when it comes in you know the next couple mm-hmm. months and i think maybe you know the new stuff's going to be coming out in january and it just people start getting interested now but uh that's just something to think of for the listeners like if you if you are going to start mobile hunting it is not perfect. So if you if you were in that situation where you want an absolute perfect shot, you have time to shoot, you know where the deer are going to come from, maybe the mobile game isn't what you need to do, you know? Yeah, it's tough. Because it's most of the time they're coming in off, off the offhand side and, you know, they're going down the ridge when you thought they were going up the ridge and you got a weird angle and you're like, well, got to make something happen. So definitely a different game out there. Yeah, for sure. It is, it is a lot of fun though, but yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's much harder, um, than what you like. I'll go back to like your home farm type thing. Like, you know how it works and everything else. And maybe you have preset stands or ladder stands or whatever the case may be. I feel like that it's a different ball game really. Yeah. The doe, you know, the does walk 25 yards from that stand. They've walked past it a hundred times. They've seen it. 
you go in there, you know you don't go, get busted on a west wind, you know, and the does come through and a buck's following them, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. you just know, kind of know what it is. And I feel like even on a private farm, you know, it takes three, four years of hunting to really get a good idea of exactly what they do, just seeing deer over time. You don't get that luxury on mobile hunting if you're in a new spot, and that's all about what mobile hunting is, is you're trying to hunt a new spot. That's why you got this mobile setup, you know. So yep. I think a lot of people are like, well, they they won't see the stand and anticipate you me being there if I'm mobile. But a lot of times they do see you because you got no cover and you're in a tree that you think you do, um, and you're in a smaller tree sometimes because that's all there is, and it just doesn't work out. And like you said, you don't have the shooting, so you're kind of you're kind of selective on your trees. That's why like guys with climbers even could be even more challenging. I think I know a lot of people that still use them, but not only are you you have to have that perfect tree with shooting and not getting busted and all that. You have to have a tree that you can climb, you know? So that's gotta be a super challenge for, for guys out there with climbers. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody use a climber in a, a number of years now, but I mean, you'll see on Facebook forums and stuff, people are still looking to get a new climber of whatever brand. And it's like, man, there's in my mind, there's better options. You can get in more trees, but you know, some guys like the, the security of a climber or, you know, they're comfortable with it and that type of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I know a lot of guys that still use them that just, that still kill all kinds of bugs. Yeah. So, I mean, they, yeah. they got it figured out, but to me, it's, I just think it's such a limiting factor to have because mobile mobile seems like, oh, I can go anywhere, you know, but it's still pretty, it's more freeing than a set stand, of course, but it's still limiting on what you can get into and how you can shoot and be set up. Cause it seems yeah. like the best tree is always like 55, 60 yards from where you want to be. It's like, God, I need a tree 25 yards further right here, you know, right. <laughs> like, right. To be in the game. And there's not a tree there or there is a tree there, but it's a pin Oak that's four foot tall or eight foot tall, you know? Yep. Like, and it's right. got branches all the way down to the bottom and yeah. you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You're like, okay, you know, seven years I'll know coming back in here. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years. I'll know. I'll be back in here. I'll hang that, that tree right there. So, yeah. But, well, that was your first buck, you know, congrats on a, a in a giant at that, an out-of-state buck um, yeah. going down there on the first morning, um, but that was, you weren't done then, you uh, you killed a second buck, so let's get into yep. that story. So, yeah, I came, we came back to Ohio, and uh, my trail cameras on my property were very dead this year for whatever reason. I don't know if it was a crop rotation or, you know, I, I don't know, and they still are, so it's just a weird year, I, th- I feel like, for the property I had. But it was um, November 4th, and I went out for a morning sit. Didn't really see anything, a couple fawns. And Matt calls me, um, you know, lunchtime or whatever. I came home to think about what I was going to do next and this and that. So Matt calls me, and he's like, hey, I've got this, you know, 130-ish buck out here in a CRP field with a doe kind of locked down. Are you, is that something you're interested in, in shooting? He's like, I think we can make a stock on it. So, I mean, in Ohio, you're only allowed to shoot one buck. So the Indiana buck was one, and then I still had my Ohio tag. And I'm like, man, I'd love to shoot, you know, two two bucks in one season um, because I've never been able to do that just because in Ohio it's a one-buck state. So I said, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be definitely willing to put a spot in stock on a, you know, 130s class deer and see if I could make it happen. So uh, he gives me some – he drops a pin where he wants me to meet him. 
So I drive out there, get our stuff out, and we drive past to see, you know, he kind of gives me the layout of this CRP field, and we go to make a, a stock on him. And we get up in there, and he must have just left because we couldn't find anything. And there's a couple does that um, heard us coming because it, it was like dead calm and the leaves were super crunchy. So even at 100 yards, even if you're, you know, walking very slow and trying to be as quiet as you can, you know how noisy it can be walking through the woods, like in those type of conditions. So there's, I don't know. I think we ended up seeing two does, mature does, and then there three fawns from that year. Um, They blew at us because they heard us coming. I don't think they seen us, definitely didn't smell us. Um, But we just elected, he's not in here or he moved. Um, and there's too many eyes on us to try to make it happen. So Matt was like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this property works or anything like that. And he's like, well, I'll pick three spots and you say a number and we'll go to that spot. So I picked two just at random. He didn't. And he's like, well, here's, here's what two looks like. So we looked at it and like, yeah, we'll, we'll go sit up there and just see how the evening works out and stuff for us so we go back to the truck drive to a different parking location get out and i'm like are you going to take your bow i mean this is you know your property um and my hunt was for that 130s and and he's like no I'll, i'll film you tonight like we'll just go see what happens so we go into this um section of the woods where it's kind of like this bench around this this uh hill and then there's a big creek bottom behind us so we get up in the tree and Matt's like I don't expect anything to come through until you know last light kind of scent checking for does around this one bedding area and stuff so me and Matt are in the tree there we're just you know having good conversation not seeing any deer and then all of a sudden we hear and we see this small buck so it's like okay well this is about time we need to focus and be quiet so behind us and and at this day like the wind is going every way that you don't want it to go so like it's swirling wind all around us and, and matt's kind of like hey man why don't we get down and go somewhere else that the wind's more consistent and i'm like well i don't know I, I really like this spot just the way it, it looks and uh by the time we get down and, and climb up another tree like we're not going to have any time to hunt and and do anything so i'm like we'll just sit here we're already set up let's just continue through the night so coming in at last light like i said that little buck and then we have another deer behind us so we're trying to see this deer behind us and we can't see him or see the the deer and uh all of a sudden i turn around to my left and i see this buck coming through the timber and he starts to work a scrape i'm like matt there's a there's a good buck over here and uh, he's still focused on that other one. And I, I, you know, get his attention finally. And he's like, oh, there's a good buck over here. So he gets his camera out, does some filming on that. And this thing's working to scrape for a few minutes. And it's at like 56 yards. And he ends up stepping out and starting to work to my right, kind of. And he's going away a little bit. Matt's like, well, dial it and you can make that shot. I'm just like... At this point in the the night, like or the the evening, like I don't feel comfortable shooting that far without knowing what's all in between me and him, you know, because there's going to be some briars and that type of stuff. So 
I'm pretty hesitant at doing that. But at the same time, that deer hears the deer behind us and turns on a dime and he starts to come right to us. So um, Matt's like, well, just set your, your sight at 20 yards. So I set my sight at 20 yards and he comes in to like right at 20 yards, looking right through us to see that deer behind us. Um, so again, I have another frontal shot, which like I said earlier, I've never even had the opportunity to, to take a frontal shot. So I take this shot and I hit right where I'm aiming, just, you know, right below that white patch. Um, and he tears out of there and, uh, we were, you know, after we watch him go out, go away, we uh, review the footage and Matt's like, Hey man, I think maybe, maybe you hit him in the face again because the, the knock went flying off and it looked like there was, um, a lot of fletching sticking out. So, you know, at this point from the previous hunt in Indiana, like I'm discouraged at myself for the shot, you know? And, uh, so we, we called Jarrett and we're like, Hey, you know, we wanted somebody else's opinion. What would you do? Jared's like, well, I would definitely go look at first blood because um, that'll tell you a little bit more than just what you can see on the little viewfinder. So we go over, look at first blood, and we have a really good blood trail. So, you know, me and Matt just make the decision. We're going to take it really easy. And we stayed in the tree till, you know, an hour, a little over an hour after legal shooting just to be safe. So we start to trail the blood, and the blood trail is really good again. But we decide, hey, if it ever stops, we're going to turn around, back out, and come back in a couple hours later. But so we're we're tracking this thing, and it's just like the blood trail in Indiana. So that made me feel a lot better, um, just because of the amount of blood this deer was losing. And so we ended up tracking him, and he was piled up. Then we found him, and Matt just, he went crazy. I mean, definitely my biggest bow buck at 143. And then, you know, being able to shoot two two bucks in one season, I just, I can't express how blessed I was this season. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, that's killer, dude. He was telling it, me that you shot another one, and I was like, no way. And he was like, yeah. just you know just crazy circumstances of you know it's kind of the same thing right place right time and during that t time of the year that's what it's all about you know just yep. being there and um i was like you know it, i i love that it happened to you dude Cause just i hanging, appreciate that just hanging out with you i'm like dude this guy's this is a good dude you know and everybody needs one of those years well just just shit works out for him you know you need yeah. that because you know there's years in the past you probably struggled and if not you're gonna struggle you know, and the year's coming, and you're going to be yeah. able to look back at this year and be like, all right, that was that was the year, man. You know, and um, I feel like everybody needs one of those, and, uh, and this one was yours, dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for one, for, for making it happen, and then, uh, you know, happy as hell for you as two just to see you uh, to have a year like that, you know, because, like I said, there's going to be a year where you're like, nothing's working. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't be in the right tree, and you're missing opportunities, kind of like, you know, Matt's having right now, you know, and yeah. just not his year. And then I think that's sometimes that happens. You just, you burn all your luck up in one year and you're kind of, you know, you're out there like, man, this sucks. But then you got to look back at all the good times you had and be like, all right, I can, I can handle a couple sucky hunts, you know? Right. No, I mean, each season is not going to be 
this good as what it was this year. I know that. Um, and in the, in the years prior, like I've worked my tail off and not been able to fill a buck tag just because of the amount of property that I have permission on is not that much. And it's like, if those deer aren't there, I can't really just make them be there. You know what I mean? And like public around me is not that good. I'd have to drive, you know, three and a half ish hours to, to hunt any kind of decent chunk of public. And it's, it's, it's hard to do that when you're a weekend warrior, when you can hunt Saturday and then Sunday after church or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to, to get up at one in the morning and, and drive for three hours to hunt for, you know, a couple hours and come back home. And it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. tough. It's tough. You know, I'm just... not saying, I'm not saying the guys that do that, um, don't grind and, and work their tail off and be successful. But, you know, for, for a lot of guys, that's really not realistic. And for me, that's, that's hard to draw that line. Is that worth that? Or is it worth to just go on, on the property that I have close to me? And if something does show up, because there are decent deer that do show up, it's just when, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I'm kind of the same boat. It's like, can you go to your property and where you know you've had success in the past or go to some random property that you have no idea what you're doing, which you had success yeah. on, you know, but the odds you're like, it always weighs. You're like, man, you know, last year, this time there's a buck here or la even if you don't have anything on camera, you're like, Oh, last time, you know, a random one showed up around this time. So there's mm -hmm. always something kind of pulling you to the, the well-known. And I kind of fell in that boat this year as well, you know, just kind of, this is what I put all my work in. This is where I ran on my cams. This is where, you know, you kind of want to kill there. Um, just right. You put the effort and the time in there and then you catch yourself. be like, well, maybe I should have tried something random, you know, uh, and maybe it would have paid off, but it's a, it's a honey season is all about the choice, man. Every single day is a choice and you just got to make the right one. Just like picking stand number two, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like just a random, another random choice that seems minute in the moment. Um, but at the end of the season, it was huge, you know? So right. It's yeah, no. small details. Yeah. I couldn't be happier how my season played out and like being able to experience it with Matt running the camera on the second buck. And, you know, that video, we're probably going to air it next year. Um, just because we're kind of tailing off on the, you know, the deer season is how people tune in and stuff like that on, on YouTube and stuff. But, um, the Indiana buck is live on our YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I, this season I was just extremely blessed this year. And, and then after I filled my buck tag, um, I went and filmed for Jarrett and he was able to, to shoot a, a buck the next Saturday. Um, so like I've seen three really good bucks shot this year. Like it, yeah, it's, bad, it's super year. cool. Yeah. That's a bad yeah. Don't get much better, and then hopefully, you you know next year it's the same. But like I said, you never know how it's going to end up. What the good Lord has in store for you, you just got to go out there and hunt your hunt and see what see what can happen. But yep, um, I'm hoping you guys doing the Indiana trip again next year. The plan or that's the plan as of now. Yes. So I'm not going to say I'm going to go this time, and then I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're planning. So last year and this year, it was both like. Early in the week, we had like a day or two of decently cool mornings, and then the remaining part of the week was hot. So I don't know if it's possible, but we're thinking we might like block off a couple weeks and we'll look into the future and like, oh, this week will be colder than, you know, the other ones. 
maybe we'll try to make it happen there. But that's so hard to schedule everybody's work and everything else like that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a possibility, but that's what we were kind of talking about um, the last day of camp with the other guys. Okay, well, keep me in the loop. Let me know the date. I mean, we'll, we'll be talking multiple yeah. times, you know. Um, but, yeah, just keep me in the loop of what you guys got going on, and then I'll – like I said, if I say if I don't say I'm gonna go, I'm more li- liable to make it happen. If I say yeah, I'm gonna try something to come up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how life works. Yeah, that's how it works. I'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's what I'm gonna say from from yeah. here on out. Because <laughs> I might go pull something up, but you never know. Yeah, no, it, it's a really good time. It's a cool area down in Indiana where we go, and there's lots of ground. Nice. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, taking up your day after christmas i hope the rest of your uh year you know you only got a few days but i hope it's, it's imp- impactful to someone and uh um hope next year's the best it's ever been even though this year was great i hope you double buck again on bigger <laughs> next year man that'd be awesome yeah. all right brother thank you hey thank you and the biggest archery buck in one year um so gonna be doing more of these story-based podcasts coming in the near future i do have some other um really cool podcasts lined up I'm going to do um, a drone episode, not um, what you might typically think with some extra data thrown in there. Um, that's going to be cool. Still trying to get the land trust guy on during the holidays. That's been a, a struggle. But then I'm going to keep pumping out this kind of content, um, be story-based, entertainment-wise. Um, hopefully you picked up something this to maybe you know change your game for next year or the, the remainder of the season this year. Um, but like always, guys, try to do the right thing. I love you. Try to leave a legacy, and White Tail Legacy is out.